Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Today we're talking about shortstops. It's gonna I, look. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Just the leading up to this list and the conversation behind it had like Rob fighting demons, but we got through to him. So so it's okay, man. But Rob, Nick, how you guys doing? Yo, what's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one of the better episodes for rankings every year. Um, shortstop, you know, definitely a position that's always loaded with talent. So definitely ready to dive in. Yeah, we're coming away a little bit from the golden age of shortstop that we had a few years ago where, you know, it seemed to go 12, 13, 14 deep. But that's okay because we have a new savior to the position and we have Daniel's highest ranked player in the history. Never wanted to adopt person nor in the world ever on this list. Preach. Bro, you didn't, you didn't, uh, Nick, you didn't have to hype up Anthony Volpe that much that early, bro. Oh, Come on now. Christ. Come on. Now. Hey, I'm hey, right now. I note, I is the highest ranker of Anthony Volpe. <laughs> That is, the only, that is that is <laughs> only ranker and the highest. Hey, technically I had him 15. Technically I had him 15. Hey, but see, that just goes how this list is. Like it is all over the place and it's going to be all personal preference. If we had the option for 31 spots, he might be 32. Let's just say, let's put that one. Let's hater, that one. hater. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk about Volpe and some of the other rookies last year that, that came up and it'll be a disgusting conversation. Before we get started though, it's trivia time. This one is actually a more recent one. So hopefully that means we do better. So here's the question. It. Yeah, me too. I went for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> name the pitcher who hurled the most shutouts in 2021. They're all tied with zero. <laughs> let me, uh, let, I'll give you the names. Make it easier. I, I, I was like, I, I thought you guys were just going to guess it. Like, like you guys like just have this shit like tattooed. I, on I almost said Sandy Alcantara, but I feel like that was the year both after 2021, but he's not an option. He's not an option. Yeah. Right, so it's Max Reed, Zach Wheeler, Joe Musgrove, Shamanaya, Anthony Discofani. Or they can all be tied. Apparently, there's also an option. So, <laughs> oh my God, I hate those. Man, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. Are, are I'm, we saying one of these motherfuckers led the league in shutouts that year? Yeah. In 2021? In 2021. One Man, of you could have given me 30,000 guesses and those guys wouldn't have come up. Holy Bro, shit. Bro, it's, it's obviously Zach Wheeler. It's obviously I'm Zach gonna, Wheeler. I'm going to go Musgrove. All right. Let's 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 see what we got here. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, got to got to rip it out. Oh. <laughs> and the winner. And is. the answer is all of the above. That's gross. <laughs> that's gross. That, yeah, that's, that's awful. Once I, once I saw the all the above, I'm like, ah, we're, we're all fucked. Um, so, so context. Each of these pitchers had just two shutouts. The last time any pitcher before them had had shut out his opponents three times was in 2017, which in 2017, Corey Kluber and Irvin Santana did it. Uh, the last time a pitcher had more than three shutouts was 2012, when it was Felix Hernandez, King Felix with, with, with five, which that one makes sense, right? I wouldn't even say Corey Kluber makes sense. Bro, Irvin Santana is definitely a name to bring up. Jeez. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we're everybody's favorite team, <laughs> bro. He's not even his mom's favorite pitcher. Like he has another Santana in his family that his mom likes more. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. Why even bring up these names? Sean Manaya. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, New York Mets Met ace. Now? Yes, New uh, York yes. Mets ace. No, let me not disrespect Kodai Tango like that, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, <laughs> you went into that one. That's uh, all right. Let's 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 get into fun stuff, man. Like shortstop position. Uh, Went back to having more effect on the defensive side of the ball, a lot like the second baseman did. 
the, the way this list broke down, you have, let's put it this way. Everyone that's on this list you've heard of before. There's, there's not going to be any surprises, right? We're, you know, there, there's not going to be anyone that we're looking at and we're like, oh, they don't belong there. You know, if anything, what I thought was a lot of these guys are a lot closer than than ever in production, right? Where it was hard to really distinguish and you can really just pick either guy and it's really preference at that point. Um, how did you guys, what did you guys do to, to pick your guys? Like, what was the most important things to you guys? Oh, I think, look, shortstop, shortstop is a little different, um, you know, compared to second base because shortstop has been a position that has seen a lot of superstar talent uh, play it and play it recently. Um, so I feel like the level of shortstop, especially once we start diving into like top five, is always like a little higher standard just based on on where their ranking is in, in the overall game. But it's a lot of it's a lot of similar things to second base. You want you want a shortstop who has good offense, right? Um, I, I think if ideally you would want a guy again over 800 OPS. The defense is definitely going to come into a question because it's a, it's a tougher position to play than second base. So you you ideally want to have a guy there who who's good with the glove. But as we'll see with you know our list and and some of the other guys that we'll talk about, sometimes your bat can carry you if your if your defense isn't that strong. And that's what we have to see at the position as well. For me, I love this because this really came down to who was the best in the position and not for just a single category. Everybody we're going to talk about has multiple attributes that you'd want on your team from a whole bunch of different aspects. For me, the top three were crazy easy. Um, I don't know how you get away from those three as your top three. And then after that, I really valued defense. I really did. I looked kind of primarily who read out the best defensively, metrically, and kind of went back to watch some videos to make sure it made sense and it wasn't just like lack of range. Um, because with that shift change, it really it really kind of put out some guys that weren't that good at defense that maybe we thought were pretty good. And then from there, it was just, you know, what kind of stick did I want from there? But it was, a, it was actually a pretty easy ranking overall. Um, I, and I really enjoyed it because every single player that we're going to talk about has multiple areas where you'd want them on your team. Absolutely, man. I, like, for me, shortstop, it, it's like we had we had one guy last year who broke out and his numbers were up there with not like top shortstop numbers, but top baseball players in the game numbers, right? And that's Corey Seager. We don't got to hide it. Corey Seager is going to come in at our number one surprise, surprise. He had such a good season last year that it put him in a level of just not best position, but best players in the game. Um, and we'll get more into that later. I don't want to go too much because we still have you know, the other guys talking about. Um, for me, it was hard, right? Like, defensive numbers on these guys, there wasn't a lot of greatness, right? Like, we don't have, right now, we don't really have a great defensive shortstop in the game. Um, the closest guy to that actually is in our top five. Uh, everyone else is kind of just, are they going to hurt you? Which some of these guys on our list, they do hurt you defensively. It's just, it is what it is. Um, what value did you bring to your team? I, I think that matters. I think when we talk about the, the guys that are and end up nine and ten, you know, they really did bring value to your team, um, but they're never going to get to the top five level, no matter what they do in their life, right? So let, let, let's get to that, right? So so ten through ten through six, right? Ten came in Willie Adamas, who we've talked about for years. He's an underrated guy. Um, he's playing in Milwaukee. He went from Tampa Bay, who had no fans, to Milwaukee, who only have drunk fans. Um, at number nine, J.P. Crawford, who you could say had a breakout year last year. Uh, offensively, he had his best offensive year of his career this is where it gets fun number eight is jackson holiday for us look we're not dumb jackson holiday hasn't played an mlb inning yet he's gonna 
we we project them. I think we all project them to be at the major league level at some point next year. I don't know if the Orioles are gonna say, "Hey, you know, it's your position to start the year." More likely than not, because it's the Orioles, they're gonna wait till the, the May date, right? Or you know, or actually the rules changed last year, so so we'll see what they do. But Jackson Holiday, we'll see next year, right? I, I'd put money on that. Number seven, Bobuchet, which he's one of the guys I'm talking about. Where offense amazing, defense holy crap. Please do something else with your life. Um, and number six, Trey Turner. Who Trey Turner? The the reason why it's shocking that he's six is he was number two last year for us, so he had a considerable drop off. But he also had a really rough season last year. Rob, I'll kick it off of you, man. What was what was your what was your reaction to ten through six? Yeah, it, it was it was solid, man. I I don't think I don't think that the that the names on there are are bad or anything like that. Look, I mean, w- starting with Willie Adamas, Willie Adamas is probably the door holder of the list, right? Like he's the he's a doorman, uh, like letting everyone in. Like, all right, I'm number ten. Like, I'm all the other nine guys are in there just like partying and stuff, and then and then it's me, right? Because I had the season that I had. Because he did he did have a down year compared to his standards. Um, but I think again, it, it goes to the position itself more than anything. I think the weakness of the position after your 10, 11, 12 is what opens the door for like Willie Adamas to still be right there, borderline, you know, a top 10 guy. And, and he, I think he's a, he's a better talent than last season, than last season, um, you know, would tell you, I, th- I think his numbers are, are better than last year. So I'm not, I'm not mad with him at number 10 at all. JP Crawford is, is what you said. It, it was a career year. Do I expect JP Crawford to, to post those offensive numbers again? No. Um, we haven't seen JP Crawford do anything close to what he did last season outside of last season. Um, but we know that we, you know, JP Crawford has always been looked at a guy as this guy should be able to turn into an everyday shortstop. I think that's what he's, he turned into for the Seattle Mariners. So I think him getting the the respect and, and acknowledgement as a top 10 guy heading into the season is solid for him. In terms Before of, you I, move I, forward, I, yeah. I, I, I want to mention one thing, right? Last year during the off season, one of mm-hmm. the things that we were like trying to bang the table for is, yo, look, Mariners should go get Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is, a, is an upgrade over J.P. Crawford. He going to shortstop. He'd probably be their second best hitter. And look, spoiler alert, Carlos Correa is not in our top ten. So if you look back at what they did, their decision to keep J.P. Crawford, who, look, man, he went was far and above what Carlos Correa did, both offensively and defensively last year. And J.P. Crawford was, wasn't even great defensively last year, which it usually is. But the decision to keep J.P. Crawford instead of spending money on, on Carlos Correa was a great decision by, by the Mariners, which yep. we got for. No, I, absolutely. And, and look, I, th- I, think, I think mentioning Carlos Correa here is important because the same way that we mentioned Andres Jimenez in our second base episode, it, it's Carlos Correa in, in, for our shortstop list. I, th- I think we had him third last year for the, for the shortstops. Um, and for him to be completely off the top 10, it's not just like... It's not just our opinion that's keeping him off the top 10. It's what he did last season. It's not like, like we have, like we have to remember how Carlos Correa's off season went. He signed, what was it? He signed a 13 year deal with the San Francisco Giants and failed and, and couldn't pass his physical. Then he swoops around and signs a 12 year deal with the New York Mets and still couldn't pass his physical, right? And then he agrees to that six year, $200 million deal to return to the Minnesota Twins. I don't, I, I guess he passed their, their, their physical or, or whatever. But then for you to pass your physical or for or for a team to be like, yeah, like like we're we're good. We're good with giving you these two hundred million dollars over six years. And for you to go out there and do that, that that was shit. 
that was shit. And I and I'm talking about Carlos Correa. That's like that's one of my guys. Like, yo, you know me, Team Puerto Rico above everything else. But it's just like, bro, that that's the reality you, that it was. You, you know, from just being a Yankee fan, how how many people were like, oh, Carlos Correa should be the the, the Yankee shortstop next year. Pay him whatever the man. Well, yeah, no, it was it was it was not good. He could, he could, yo, he could switch up next season and his numbers could get better. But Car, but Carlos, look, man, Car, Carlos thing continues to be Carlos thing. He was, he, he's been, he's been viewed as the second coming of A-Rod and he's never been close to that. That's the facts. That's the facts. That's, that's why his, his ranking as a player is always just so tough because everyone wants to think like, oh my God, second coming of A-Rod. Yo, when has Carlos, when has Carlos Correa posted 40 home runs? When, is, when has Carlos Correa hit hundred yeah. RBIs? When has Carlos Correa hit over 330? Never, never, never. So stop, like, we need to stop that, that ideology that this is, this might be the second coming of A-Rod just because they're, they're the same height. Like, it's just like that, that, that's the truth, man. That's the truth. So I'm sorry, Carlos, but you got to step it up to get back onto this list because the guys that, the guy for, okay, now we, we talked about William Thomas and JP Crawford. These eight right here, yo, Carlos, like for you to get back into this group, like you're going to need a, a, a substantial season. Because look, we got Jackson Holiday at eight, right? If I didn't, if I didn't include Jackson Holiday in our list, Daniel was gonna hijack the episode for fifty minutes just talking about Jackson yep. Holiday. So yep. we have to, we I have did. to have him in here. We have to have him in here. And as a guy who, in myself, does not rank players who have not had any MLB experience, I, ra- I, ra- I rarely rank. Going back to second base, Matt McClain and Zach Geloff, who both played on their hundred games last year, and Jackson Holiday has played zero. So it's, I barely rank players like this. You have to be a generational type of prospect for me to, with that paired with the fact that, again, like I mentioned, the division after the, the position after 11 and 12 is kind of a drop off. You have to be that significant of a talent for me to be like, yeah, I, I want this guy right now. Like, I don't care. I don't care which, like, honestly, Mariners fans, I don't care what JP Crawford's numbers were. You're taking Jackson Holiday. And for a lot of the guys in front of him, for, for Treya and, and Bo Bichette, who came in at our six and seven, you're, you're taking Jackson Holiday today ahead of those two guys. They are they are ahead of him because because let's let's be real here. They've also they've also put in their work. It's not like they 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 all oh, they went out there and completely shit the bed last season. Tra- like when you talk about superstar talent, Treya Turner has been that. If 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 we're being real, if we're being real, like like Treya Turner is one of the few guys at the shortstop position who has even been considered a top ten positional player in the game of baseball while playing the shortstop position. Not a lot of these guys on this list ahead of ahead of Treya can even say that. So, so for me, I'm expecting a bounce back from Treya. Um, Bo ain't much to say about Bo because we we talked about it. It's almost it's almost like his average position. Bo, until your defense steps up, until you until you turn into the contact machine that Luis Arias is compared with your power, you're probably not seeing you're not you're probably not seeing a boost up because again, it, it's tough with your defense and everything like that, and it's not like you have otherworldly offense right like he's not posting a 330 biting average he's not hit he doesn't have a 950 960 ops where you're looking at him as like oh man this guy is tops in the sport like so being at seventh it, it is fine for bobachette and and, I, and again like i mentioned jackson holiday i already know it's going to be the question mark of the list oh my god how can this guy be number eight when he hasn't played a single mlb yo because he's probably going to be top three by the end of the year that that's why he can be number eight because because i'm gonna i'm gonna just say something right now, guys, and it, and we have to be real about it. There is no do it, there, do it, do it. There is no other. There is no other trio, potential trio in the game of baseball that you would build a franchise around. If someone said, "Here's Adley Rushman, Jackson Holiday, and Gunnar Henderson," there's not. 
There's, there is not a single trio in the game of baseball right now, right now, in terms of young players, how controllable their contracts is, their expectations of being stars slash superstars at their position. Like you're talking about a third baseman and a shortstop and a catcher who project to probably be top five at those positions for over a decade. Like, like this, this is this type of level conversation that we're having here. And I know projections can go haywire. And if they do, we'll address that. But for right now, what the projections are, I mean, Jackson Holiday's eight, bro. I don't, I, I don't want to hear nothing else about it. <laughs> Nick, man, like, I, I can get over to you. But, but, cause I, like, we're going to hear at least 15 minutes of me talking about Jackson Holiday. Uh, but yes. I, before, we, <laughs> before, before we move on, though, I do want to say, like, Boba Shett last year, he came in at seven for us. So he stays at that seven position where, you know, again, a lot of the things that keep him from moving up is just, it's one thing if your defense isn't great. It's another thing if your defense like literally hinders your team. And being in his division as a Yankee fan, we see Bubba Shed a lot. And it's always an adventure when they hit the ball to Bubba Shed. He is literally the shortstop version of Labor Torres for us, where it's, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure if this easy play is going to get made, right? And you just can't have that as a, as a position as important as shortstop. Um, I mean, but his, his bat's amazing, though. Like, he, I, I, I don't know if he led the league in, in hits again last year. I'm, I'm sure he, he did or, if, or was at least close. But Boba Shett, like, read up at seven, right? Um, but, yeah, man, Nick, Nick kick, kick it over to you, man. What was your thoughts on 10 through 6? 10 through 6 is, I think, spot on. I, I had Holiday at 10 just for the simple fact of I don't know when he's going to be up, but I looked at it and I tried to take it for real. Like, I would actually want to leave him off my top 10, but I'm like, by the end of the year, he's going to be up. And where do I think I would take him at the end of the year as shortstops in the game? And, yeah, I'm probably going to take him over Luis Perdomo, who I had at 10 before him. So I just can't put him any higher than that because the other guys, they do offer something at some level that I want on my team. And I just haven't seen it from Holiday yet. But he's probably going to smash the league. He's probably just going to come up, maybe struggle a little bit first, and then just do what Gunnar Henderson did last year. And to that point, we didn't have Gunnar Henderson on our shortstop list because we're projecting him at third base because we're projecting Jackson Holiday to come up and take his spot. So Gunnar Henderson was the number six shortstop in war last year. So if I'm projecting a, a guy coming up from the minors to take the number six shortstop spot, I got to have him in my top 10. If not, I'm not being real with myself. So I put him, in, him at 10. I had Willie Adamas at nine. I'm really sad for Willie Adamas because all we talked about was, man, get him out of that shitty park for hitters in Tampa. Get him out of that shitty hitters park. Let's see what he does. He's going to go wild. He, he, didn't, he didn't go wild. He was the third best defensive shortstop, which is good. So that's why he's in my top 10 because he's, gonna, he's the guy that's going to get to every single ball. And plays that he doesn't get the out, he turns a double into a single because he keeps the ball in the infield. He maybe keeps a runner at third base instead of scoring because he knocks the ball down. Those types of play matter, especially from your shortstop. So I, he's kind of like the Matt Chapman of shortstop for me, where like his defense is so good, I got to keep him in my top 10, even if the bat doesn't really come around. Uh, J.B. Crawford had, I mean, he was a number three for WRC+, plus, weighted runs created plus, out of the shortstop position. That's got to say something. Um, and to your point, Daniel, we kind of expect better defense from him that we didn't get last year. So. If the bat stays there, which he's still young enough that the bat could stay there and his defense comes up a little bit, he could rise up our ranks for sure. Then you go Bichette, Turner, and honestly, coin flip. For me, I had Bichette because he was more consistent and more, you just kind of knew what you were getting the whole year. 
Trey Turner had that absolutely horrendous start of the year and then turned around the second half, did some stuff in the playoffs. So to me, Turner could be back in that number two spot if he just has his second half all year going, you know, next year or this year coming up. But that huge drop off for such a sustained period shows me maybe the skills are are lowering. And he's a speed first guy. A lot of his game is based off speed. And he's getting the age where that speed may go. If that's the case and his stick is going to decline a little bit, he has a sharp decline coming. So I had him at seven just below Bichette. And they're both a coin flip. For me with Bichette, I want to see him take the next level. I He hasn't progressed in the last four years. He's just that guy, which is a good guy. But that's why he was seven last year and seven this season for us, is that he's just that guy who's not bad, but he's not great. And he's not progressing, but he's not getting worse. So he's going to stick there for a while. I hope we have a much better season out of him this year, but I just don't see it because he doesn't seem to be progressing in his game. But overall, the 6 through 10, I think, lined up perfectly. Holiday is going to be the guy to watch this year. I mean, he could very easily break in that top three, top four by the end of the season. But for right now, he's got to be 10 for me just because he hasn't played a single game in MLB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, guys, it's, it's holiday time. It's, it's, just, it's just that time. Like, I don't tell you guys. Look, like, Have you guys heard of King Griffey Jr.? He was like a really good player back in like the no. Tell like me about nineties. He, he was really good. He was a really good player, right? I, I expect, and I'm not even like fucking with you guys. I I expect, um, what's it called, Jackson Holiday, to be like the King Griffey Jr. of like this generation. The bat is ridiculous. It, it's it's honestly the most ridiculous bat I've seen. Like, I, I remember when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Was, was coming up, right? And I was like, yo, like, this guy's like a little mini Miguel Cabrera. Um, you know, the, the way the ball came off the bat. Bro, Jackson Holiday, I, like, I don't know what his ceiling is offensively, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, he's going to be a power hitter right away. He's going to hit 50 bombs. I don't even know he's going to hit that. He's going to be that kind of hitter. But what I can see is a guy who already has advanced plate discipline. This guy at the age of 18 was going five for five against like minor leaguers and just being like, ah, shit, I, get, I just I just had another double off the wall, which if you've seen like just the way that his his body has progressed in the minor leagues, like this dude got drafted at like 17 or 18. Like he's looked like a little kid, right? Like he looked like a little kid when he when he got drafted. And obviously he was he's like out of high school. So even what he looks like now, which he's only what, 19, 20, whatever it is, man. But this guy put on like grown man weight on and the way the back come the ball comes off his back right it it's it already looks like the prime version of his dad who look matt holiday was a great hitter um terrible defense but the one thing you can't ever take away from matt holiday was how good he was at the plate and it wasn't just a guy who can put bat on ball it was also a guy who was disciplined it was a guy who had great at bats jackson holiday is already doing that and like I, I look it's minor leagues i get it it's a little bit easier but I just don't see a world where that transition is going to be easier for anybody else, right? And by the way, his little brother, Ethan Holiday was also just drafted last year. I'm not as high on Ethan Holiday as I am at Jackson Holiday. So this isn't just like, oh, I love the holidays. No, like I think Jackson's potential is ridiculous. Ethan's not so much. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But to, to answer your question, like, oh, yo, who would you take? And if we're, if we're talking about contracts, right, with contracts too, there's no one in the MLB. There's no shortstop in the MLB that you take in front of Jackson Holiday, right? Just because of the investment you have in Lindor, the investment you have in Corey Seager, 
right? Um, maybe Bobby Witt Jr., right? That that's gonna be one one of the ones that you kind of question, right? Because Bobby Witt Jr. is super young and he is really talented as well. Um, and he does more as far as like speed and other stuff, right? But for me, I I take Jackson Holiday in front of both uh, Bobby Witt Jr. like long term. Um, in my opinion, we're looking at like the next great face of baseball that we're talking about with like I don't know who, who's your face of baseball right now, right? Like Otani, maybe. I, I guess it would have to be Otani, right? Has if to you, be if you yeah. yeah, if you give yeah. me like a the, like hitter only, like the judge, I yeah. guess. Like it's, it's probably it's probably very like. It's probably like you probably have to look like Otani, Judge, maybe Okunja Jr. Like with what he did last season, but it's it's tough. I think yeah. Trout's still up in that conversation. If you're talking about face of baseball yeah. to the outside yeah. world, I agree with that. Too. Okay. In my my opinion, there's no way that that he doesn't that the Jackson Holly doesn't surpass those guys. Um, and again, not the power numbers because power numbers are hard to predict, right? Like sometimes you could be a really good hitter and not get the power number, especially if you're gonna be 21 years old. I don't. I would expect a twenty-one-year-old to go put up forty home runs next year. Let's, let's just put that that out there. But do I think he can hit about twenty to twenty-five next year, while having an on-base hovering around three fifty? Right. I think if OBS. you yes, if you ask if you ask for like a comparison for him, right? Like not because again, like I don't think I don't think he's a rod, right? Like I don't I don't think he's going to be a rod sure, sure. on offense or anything like that. I would say that Jackson Holiday. I don't, I don't consider this a shot against Jackson Holiday because I'm not predicting like that his career will turn out the same way in terms of injuries. I'm talking about peak. I think that Jackson Holiday's like career, like consistent numbers are going to be Nomar Garcia Parra's peak. Like, like, like where you're telling me like a 30, a 30, a hundred guy who is hitting like three thirty, who's in that three thirty batting average conversation, who's posting 900 plus OPSs. That's who, that's how I think his consistency is going to play out long. I'm not mad at that. And and my my comparison for him, and also because he's a lefty, I think his floor is Corey Seager. Not, not Corey Seager from last year, right? Last year, Corey Seager was ridiculous. But over his career, I think his floor is Corey Seager, right? His ceiling, I don't know what his ceiling is, right? Because my, my big question yeah. is the power. So, some guys don't develop into that 50 home run power guy, 40 home run power guy, and that's fine. Um, but what I do know is he's going to be a, a great hitter. He's, he's probably going to be one of the best contact hitters in our generation um so i'm i'm super i'm super excited about that man um but we i can't just talk about jackson holiday or if not i'll never let be let back on here um look willie adamas like we 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 talked about this last year um like like me me and rob talked about it last year was if anthony volpe turns into willie adamas that's kind of like we'd be okay with that right willie adamas is a very good shortstop willie adamas is, is a great player to have on your team Right. Um, there's no one. There's no, there's nobody unless you have like Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor, or Bobby Wood Jr. That you're not like. Ah, I, I think he would help us out, and and he would be good. Uh, JP Crawford, we already mentioned career career, but Bichette, we've killed that. Trey Turner is the one that I'm worried about. Right. For as athletic as Trey Turner is, he's pretty bad defensively. Like he like you don't expect someone with that with his skill set to be bad defensively, but he's pretty ass. Let's just put it out there. He's, he's not a good defender at shortstop. What worried me was how much he was guessing last year. When he was at bat last year, it really looked like he didn't have like a, an idea of what was coming. And he was just like, yo, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit fast forward. I'm going to sit fast forward. I need to turn on this. And then he'd whiff on off speed, and he'd look like th- – there was that bat to like Javi Baez last year. Like you've seen those ugly-ass Javi Baez swinging the dirt 
like 30, 30 feet before. Yeah, like those swings that he had last year that looked like that. And, and that's scary for a guy who needs to make contact, who I prefer having on first than I do even hitting home runs. Well, obviously not hitting home runs, but he needs to get on base. He's a guy that, because of his speed, needs to get on base, especially after signing that long-term contract. So, so he scares me a little bit. But, look, if you tell me Trey Turner is in the top three next year, right, wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, if, if you tell me – actually, he's the only one outside Jackson Holiday I can see creeping into the top five for us. Um, I think J.P. Crawford has a ceiling. Willie Adams, I think we've seen the best of. Uh, Jackson Holly is the number one player in the MLB, so whatever. Um, you know, Bubba Shett, we need to see some things. But. So, so let's move to our top, top five. In my opinion, our top five is a lot more interesting. At number five came in Xander Bogarts. Uh, San Diego Padres, first year there. K- kind of a um, a disappointing season compared to what we thought we were going to get from him in that, in that lineup. Dansby Swanson comes in at number four, which... I'm I'm happy about that. I, he was my number four. Um, I know what's it called, Mister Mister Wrigley himself in Cubs gear. Uh, Nick Nick is happy about him at four. You know it. <laughs> three three is Bobby Witt Jr., who I'm super high on. Francisco Lindor's number two, and Corey Seager's number one. And look, Corey Seager had an absolutely ridiculous season last year, which we're not we're gonna talk about it right now, but. His season last year, I don't know if any of us saw that kind of that, that kind of offensive production coming out of him, man. So, Nick, I'll start with you just because I want to hear about what you want to say, what you have to say about Dansby Swanson. But um, your thoughts on the top five? I think it played out just perfect. I mean, they the exact order that I had him in. Uh, Bogarts is still kind of forgotten about, even though he's a stud shortstop, both offensively and mediocre defense. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to make most of the plays, and that's kind of always been his thing. Is was he really that good of a shortstop? 6.0 war last year for defense, which I believe put him like eighth in the league. So he's a solid defender, still a solid stick, and he still has room to grow, I think. I think a second year in San Diego, he's still under the radar as far as not being the guy that's focused on because there's so many egos there. There's so many you know big-name players that he can fly under the radar. He could have a much better year this year offensively, and he's probably, in my opinion, the most consistent. If you're talking about... What do I know I'm going to get out of average power and speed and defense? I think Bogart's not saying he's the best, but he, you know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get a 290 average. You're going to get, you know, 20 home runs, 15 steals, whatever, with good defense. So from there with Swanson, look, man, he's the best defensive shortstop in the game. I mean, there really is no argument about it. He just really is that guy. He gets to everything. He makes all the plays. And he's, you know, a lot of times you talk about the shortstop being the quarterback of the defense. He looks like he's the quarterback of his defense out there. It's not the catcher. It's not the center fielder. Everything kind of goes through Dansby Swanson defensively on the field, and it shows. And he's still not bad with the stick. Like, he's not great, but he's not bad. And he's a good leader on the team. I mean, he's made some comments about signing, re-signing Belly. You don't have a player that gets that kind of money is willing to speak up for his teammates that often, and that's what he's doing. So he's clearly got the locker room on his side. He's just an all-around good shortstop in every single aspect you'd want to have on the field. But he doesn't have the physical capabilities of our top three. Witt Jr., you know what? It was really tough not for me not to rank him above Lindor. And I think it was just my fanboy that kept Lindor at number two. Because when you go into it, you have to go into so many different stats to find out how Francisco Lindor had a better war last year. Bobby Witt rated better defensively. He clearly rates better for speed. He's right there with power. 
it really just comes down to Francisco Lindor walks more and has a few more doubles. Oh, but then you have uh, Witt Jr. with 11 triples. So his doubles aren't doubles because he's going to third base instead. So really the only thing that knocks him and kept him under Lindor was his walks. He doesn't have enough walks um, and still has kind of the strikeout rate that Lindor has. But he is... He's the guy that he could be the face of baseball, like in everything considered, especially playing out of Kansas City. He's a household name playing out of Kansas City. That says a lot for this dude's talent level and what he's going showing us on the field. I love me some Bobby Wood Jr. He should probably be my number two, but I stuck with Frankie Mr. Smiles just because it's fun. I mean, he's playing to his contract and he's doing it in New York. And he did it last year on a team that just completely underperformed. And he was a great leader all year last year, still performed. Like the dude came out of his slump that he was in for a few years, got his paycheck, is in the bright lights and doing what he should be doing. And Corey Seager just, he finally said, fuck this. I'm going to show you guys how good I really am. And even in a shortened season, he put up MVP numbers. Um, it's crazy what he did last year and did not have a full team of at-bats. If that's who we're getting out of Corey Seager the next few years, Texas is going to be tough to beat going forward. But he clearly shot himself as the number one shortstop offensively, defensively, every single category you could think of. The top three, I think, are right on. There's not much that might change. But as far as anybody getting into the top three, because I don't see any of the other shortstops working their way up there, except for maybe Jackson Holiday, but doubt it. Um, Bobby Wood Jr., Francisco Lindor, and Seager are your top three for sure. And I'm not sad about it at all. By the way, Corey Seager gave us probably one of the top moments in MLB history. In, with his um, extra inning home run, or was there a grand slam? What I, I'm forgetting a little bit, but his home run against Arizona Diamondbacks in extra innings was, or I think it was to send it to extra innings, one of the, the best moments of MLB season last year. Um, it kind of really put a flag on, hey, I'm, I'm the best here. Uh, be, one of the best players in the MLB. I, I think I'm the only one who had Francisco Lindor in front of Corey Seager. Um, on our list, Rob. Rob, did you have Corey Seager one or? I I had Seager. I had Seager at one for this season. Okay, I I kept Lindor at one. Only reason being is as great as Corey Seager's season was last year. Look, an over a thousand OPS isn't the norm for Corey Seager, right? Like there was a point in time where the discussion was who was better, Corey Seager or Carlos Correa. Which, by the way, Carlos Correa also had one of the best defensive moments in in playoff in the playoffs last year. Uh, but for, for Corey Seager, like he showed out in in a, in a whole new way. Where, like I said, he launched himself into a different conversation than just the best shortstop in the game. I just need to see it for another year. Uh, th- that's my only thing, right? I, I think we undervalue Lindor because of where he plays at. He's playing at City Field with a really like diuretic team. Is the best way I can think of. I can I can call them this right, like that kind of stunts how we view Lindor, but year in and year out, I don't know if there's anyone we're more confident in than physical Lindor to be a top shortstop, right? Like, you know, Corey Seager, he's dealt with health issues too, right? So if next year he misses, let's say a hundred games, I don't think any of us are going to be surprised. Does that mean his production's going to go down? I I don't know, but it it has in the past, right? Like. His OPS in 2022 was under 800, right? Like, so to go from under 800 to over 1,000, that's like a big leap, uh, which is why, I, this is why, that's why I personally have Lindor above man. But, Rob, I'll kick it over to you, dude. Uh, what's your thoughts on the top five? 
Oh yeah, it's a solid five. Um, I think Xander opening up the the group at five is is interesting just because you know he did have a, a a numbers decline last year, but I think that was just the entire black cloud that was on the San Diego Padres organization. I think you I think you saw the vibes with that entire team impact so many people last year. Like you had you had stretches of of crappy baseball from Soto, from Tatis Jr., from Machado, from Bogarts, from Mosgrove, from Darvish, from Hader. Like a- any player of of any type of significant name on the Padres last season was was hit for for a stretch of of just bad baseball. Um, and, and even then, Xander drops to to five. Um, I think that you know I do expect a bounce back from him a little bit this year. I, I think the Padres will be better. And and at the same time, right? It's like you have to look at what his position is on his team, right? Like we talked earlier about like you know if you're looking at your at a trio right how many teams can say that their third best player is Xander Bogarts and and how many how many teams out there have a better like overall third best player than Xander Bogarts not many like you you can't name many teams that their third best player is better than Xander Bogarts like there, there's not that many out there so for him to, to still be top five shortstops I, I think it's solid for him Dansby Swanson, um, you know, I didn't have him in my top five. I had him at six right there um, outside the top five. Him being in the top five, I have no problem with. His defense is what carries um, his and his. And that doesn't mean that his offense is bad. It's just bad compared to the field. Like there's just there, like the shortstop position just has some offensive like monsters beast like that. Dansby Swanson will never will unfortunately never touch. And I also just want to point out, I think the overall like problem with with Dansby Swanson and how he's ranked is because he was a number one overall pick. And I just don't think that that's a rep that he can live up to because there's a difference between Dansby Swanson and Jackson holiday when you're a number one pick. And that that's the, that's the overall difference, right? I don't think that Dansby Swanson is going to get close to the type of player that Jackson holiday is. That does not mean that Dansby, that Dansby Swanson is not a very good player. That doesn't mean that Dansby Swanson might not be the best defensive shortstop at the position for years to come. Like and we will and we will rank him accordingly. I think this year having him at number four um, is is perfect for him, and I and I think he's showing um, that his con- that he deserved his contract, right? I, I'm I think Dansby Swanson is able to show that it's not just the Braves that make me this type of player, right? Like I can I can ha- be successful outside of the Braves organization. So it's great to see for Dansby. Um, and then in terms of our top three, I think our top three came out exactly how they needed to. Uh, Seager, Lindor, Witt Jr. Look, Witt Jr. I don't even remember where we had Witt Jr. rank last year. If I'm being honest, did did we have him in our top ten shortstops, or, or did we? He was third. Base? He was number nine last year. He was number nine for, for shortstop. Okay, yeah. So him yeah. him taking a six spot jump, I, that's justifiable, bro. Like after after the season that he had, like you're talking about essentially what was it? He came up one stolen base short out of a, a off of a thirty fifty season, uh, thirty home run fifty stolen base season. I mean, yeah, like that's that that. There's not that many players out there that are going to be able to replicate that or even come close to that stat line. So, I, and I, and that's the type of the the scary thing is, is that the, that's the type of player that we expect Bobby Witt Jr. to be. <laughs> like, if you if you say that Bobby Witt's going to hit 25 to 30 homers and steal 45 to 50 bases every season, I, I would look you in the face and be like, okay, are, are you telling me something I'm supposed to be surprised by? Like, it's just okay. Like, and for him at three, look, it's what Nick said, right? I think if you look at, I think if you ask a lot of people this year, right? Like they'll kind of be like, oh, how can you like have Francisco Lindor ahead of Bobby Wood Jr. after the season that he had? It's because he's Francisco Lindor. It's because this isn't the first season that that he's been a top three shortstop in the game. It's because last year he was our number one shortstop. And there's an argument that he had even a better season last year. That That's why. 
So why why would he go why would he go down that much? Right? Like he he just posted his first over 100 OPS season since 2019 when he was with the Guardians. Like his 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 RBIs were down by less than 10. His home runs were up. His hits were down, but his runs were up. His batting average was down, but his OPS was up. So like he made he like friends and 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 on top of the fact that like he's probably one of the best defenders at the position along with Bobby Witt and Dansby Swanson's of the world. Like it's not like it's not like you're talking about a player who has a shit glove and it, and oh like oh like his offense is solid. No, it's you're talking about one of the best defenders at the position who's been one of the best defenders at the position for multiple years, who's been one of the best overall players at the position for multiple years, who went out there and did it again. Like it's so it's not that much of it's not that much of a of a crazy thing to say that Francisco Lindor is number two um, in front of Bobby Witt Jr. Again, Bobby Witt Jr. went up six spots. Francisco Lindor dropped one. And then I, I personally pick Seager uh, at number one, just um, honestly off the offensive season that he had. I think when you have the offensive season that he had in the amount of games that he was able to do it to 119 games, um, it's it's super impressive. I, I think, again, it's one of those things that's not surprising if if health was the the question, because it's not like we've been shitting on Corey Seager all these seasons. The que- the question was always, can he be healthy for the Dodgers? When are we going to see a full um, healthy season from Corey Seager? And guess what? We still haven't seen that. Those are also the facts. He played 119 games last season. Yes, we could project what his season would have been like with 150, but let's not forget that he played 150 games previously last year and was pretty shitty. You know, just, just just stating what the numbers have been too, and what and the the kind of baseball that Corey Seager has been playing. If you tell me this season Corey Seager is expected to go out there and play again, I always use 130, 140 games because that's what I feel is more more like uh, points to a fuller season now. Because again, I don't think the expectation for every player is to go out there and play 160 games every year anymore. But if you if you're getting 140 games from Corey Seager and he and he's able to put together a season like this again, yeah, he'll be number one. He'll be number one again. Because that's the type of that's just the type of impactful bat that Corey Seager has been. I think also the fact that the Rangers are coming off a title helps him, right? Like it's pretty it's pretty hard to go up against the guy who was significant in in the Texas Rangers being able to stand here today as World Series champions. So having Corey Seager number one is no problem for me. Um, and I, I think the top three are exactly how they need to be. I think if you have a problem with the top three, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you when when Jackson Holiday is probably here next year. And, and that's the reality for a lot of these players that you look at, right? Like we've been sitting here for these years. Um, and, and I know this is going to come off as like a, a Frankie Lindor, like, like rant and stuff like that, but we got to be honest with ourselves, right? Like I sat here and I've seen a lot of people talk badly about Francisco Lindor and how he shouldn't be ranked as high, as highly as he's ranked and all this other shit. And we're literally in a position where the only reason that Francisco Lindor could potentially get pushed out of being a top three shortstop is because you have a generational prospect coming up in the game of baseball. That's the only reason that Francisco Lindor is even in any type of danger of not being a top three shortstop next season. It's a, it's if Corey Seager goes out there and, du- and duplicates what he, what he did this season. It's if Bobby Wood Jr. goes out there and does it again, because again, we've only seen this level season for one year. And it's if Jackson Holiday goes out there and, and hits Jackson Holiday projections. That's what Francisco Lindor has working against him. Essentially, let's wait and see. That that's what he has working against him. It's let's wait and see if these guys do it again, or if they can do it at all. So like for us, for for the people that keep fucking taking shots at Francisco Lindor about not being a top shortstop, he's number two 
this year. Deal with it. Last year, he was number one. Like, if it changes next year, then it changes next year. But for now, having him, if you want to put him three, go crazy. But if you tell me that he's worse than three, start watching baseball. There, look, there's a lot of things that contribute to, to where Lindor is at as well, man. Like, not for not, City, City Field isn't hitter friendly. That, that's another thing that we don't really talk about, like the, the change of like the venue for him. Um, look, Corey Seager had an amazing season last year. We need to see it again, though. That, that, that's where I'm at with Corey Seager. Like, he's not, he's not going to give you the defense that Lindor's going to give you. He's going to give you the, the defense that Bobby Witt gives you. Bobby Witt was amazing last year defensively, right? And it's, it's about trends, too, right? We see Bobby Witt Jr. trending up. Uh, Lindor has just been steady these last few years. And there's, but there's value to that. That's, that's what people miss, right? Like, just because you're not um, having career year, year after year, the fact that I know you're not going to be worse than a top five shortstop, there's value in that. Right, I think that's what people miss out, man. Like, I'm gonna ask you guys a couple of questions because because you mentioned Dansby Swanson and and the draft that year, and I went back to look at the 2015 draft, which was when Dansby Swanson went overall. The, Damn, the game's gonna old, be Dan. Right, ten years, Lord. The the game is gonna be Dansby Swanson or, right? So, Dansby Swanson or Alex Bregman. But but wait 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 wait. What's the actual question though? Like 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 what their careers have been up think? to this yeah. point, or or like or like twenty twenty four? No, the career up to this point. If oh, Bregman. Career, so Bregman, Bregman, Bregman. Oh really? I'm taking Swanson. I, I don't think Bregman's that good. That's just me. We know, no, we know that. You, we, you, you, you <laughs> yeah, that right. Good like, back when he got drafted, yeah. we know that. This has been. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. All right, all right. Um, Dansby Swanson or Kyle Tucker. I'm probably taking Swanson. I'm probably ta- uh, yeah. I'm probably taking Swanson. Like in, ter- see, in terms, that's of what, careers. That's what I take. Kyle Tucker. That, that's what. That, that's what I would take. Kyle Tucker. That's just how but, much you right. hate Bregman. Because I take Bregman <laughs> no, over I, Kyle Tucker. I think Bregman's very overrated. But like, we know, we know right. this has been known. It's the most yeah. known thing about this podcast. Dansby Dansby Swanson or Andrew Benatendi. Swanson. Oh, Dansby. Benatendi still playing somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he shit the bed in his Sox. first year with the White Sox. Dansby Swanson, Walker Bueller. Dansby, because I don't want Tommy John. For the second Ooh. time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm probably right. taking the everyday shortstop that I know has good defense, to be honest. Okay, okay. Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. Same same draft, by the way, which is ridiculous. Austin Riley. Yeah, I'm taking Austin Riley. Career, I'm taking Dansby Swanson. Ooh, okay. Okay. Let me spoiler see. Alert, uh, spoiler alert. Austin Riley will be ranked higher at his position than Dansby Swanson is. <laughs> like. Dansby Swanson or Brandon Lowe? Dansby Swanson. I'm taking Swanson. Let me see if there's anybody else interesting in here. I will say this. That's two straight episodes. What happened? Two straight Brandon Lowe episodes? Yeah. No, no I, I, I said that's Austin two straight really Brandon Lowe episodes, bro. And bro, but we've been, we mentioned Brandon Lowe way too much, bro. Two straight episodes yeah. mentioned in Brandon Lowe. What podcast is this? That man not even top Nick, ten anywhere right now. <laughs> Nick, what, what, what did you say? I was. I bet. I I would bet that Austin Riley passes Dansby Swanson by the end of their careers. But so far, I would take Swanson. Last one: Dansby Swanson, Cedric Mullins. Dansby. Yeah. More Dansby. Dansby. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, look. 
what I think it, it's a soft draft. I don't think there's anyone that we mentioned that like, oh, that's a Hall of Famer, right? Like, there's no one that we mentioned that's like, oh, this guy's clearly next level above anybody else, right? Um, I'll tell you right now, Alex Bregman's not in third base up the road. Like, I can name you twelve better yeah. third basemen right now. Yeah. I can name you two better in the state of Texas, but um, <laughs> look, shortstop is what it is, man. Look, Xander, he's he's kind of like the, he's like a discount level physical indoor to me. Right where you know where you're getting with, with, with Bogarts, right? I, I'm not I'm not worried about his production. I, I he's gonna be fine, right? Like I don't I don't see him taking the next step forward. Like I also don't see him declining too much. He's to the point where he's like you know he's he's an average to above average player year to year, and that's gonna keep him in his conversations. But it's gonna mean that a lot of guys are gonna surpass him. Um, and there's gonna be some guys that are probably gonna fall beneath him. Like that's just the kind of player Xander Bogarts is. Um. But yeah, man, that, that's that's pretty much it for us. Actually, no, wait. There's one question I want to ask you guys because we all omitted last year rookie shortstop, so none of us had Ellie De La Cruz, who had big hype last year at, at a certain point of the year. Um, Gold Glover, Anthony Volpe, the only one who even had him in his list was was Nick because he's a psycho. Um, C.J. Abrams and Jeremy Pena, all these guys were first, second year. Of those guys. Do you see anyone taking a step forward coming into the top ten list next year? Don't say Volpe. No, uh, no. I mean, I mean to answer your question, <laughs> yes, Volpe is going to take a step forward. I don't think the step forward is going to mean that he that he cracks a top ten list. But again, it's it's beca- it's because of of what it is. Like, like I, I the position is just is just set in such a way where there's not that much leeway for you to be able to like break into this position. Unless you're un- like, honestly, unless you're just going to go out there and do some crazy shit, like look, look at the guys who are like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, like your best chance, your best chance. If, if we're being honest, your best chance to see a new name on here is a Carlos Correa resurgence next year. Like him jumping back on the list, pushing, pushing someone off. Um, JP Crawford, I could see as someone who like potentially falls off if he doesn't have the season that he has. But in terms of the young guys that we have at shortstop in, in the league, they're going to I think they're going to take some steps forward, but I don't know if those steps are going to be significant enough to crack the top 10. Yeah, for me, it's there's two names. I mean, L.A. De La Cruz, I think as is, as everything is playing out right now, I think L.A. De La Cruz has the opportunity because he only had 467 at-bats last year. So if he gets that full 600 at-bats, plate appearances at least, I think we could see something really, really game-changing from him because he does have the tools. But I do believe if Anthony Volpe was allowed to just hit his own game and like get on base and then run, and truly allowed to do that, I think he would take the next step into top 10. I think the Yankees are stopping him from what he should be doing by trying to make him pull the ball and hit the ball out, which is not his game. If he's allowed to play his game, I think he's a top 10 shortstop for sure. I hate that I agree with you. Honestly, I, I hate that I agree with you. because I, I think that's like the biggest thing is at some point, the reason why we changed the rules back is we got to let baseball players play baseball again. Um, we fell into such a world of just you know, the, the three true outcomes, home run, walk, strikeout, that I, I think a team like the Yankees is behind on their analytics, right? I think, I think they are behind on, on, like, the, hey, look, this isn't really the, the way that we're going anymore. Um, I, I loved what I saw out of Volpe beginning of the season where he was getting on base. He was working counts full, right? He looked like he had a, he had a good eye. He wasn't trying to cheat a fastball to so try to hit them out. He was, like, he wasn't, he didn't have these home runs and whatever, but like he was such a 
the plate appearances and the at bats are so much better than what they ended up being for seventy five percent of the season. So look, if, if I'm not saying forget the home run, I'm saying let it happen naturally, right? Like yes, obviously if you can hit home runs, we want you to hit home runs. But if that takes away from you getting on base, you can't have a six sixty six OPS, bro. Like it just is is what it is, right? But with Ellie De La Cruz, he's the classic example of someone who has so much talent, but the base, but the game of baseball is so much more than just talent. Um, his player appearances were horrible, second half of the season, where he was getting beat everywhere. Right? It, it, it was like the pitchers were like dancing with him, and he had no idea what the fuck was coming, and he just looked bad. C.J. Abrams, we should talk about just because his second half was amazing. C.J. Abrams had such a breakout second half. I'm not going to call it a breakout second half, but he, it was just such a good second half that if next year he creeps up into these lists as like, oh, yo, this guy is the future shortstop for the Washington Nationals, we wouldn't be surprised, even though he does have some competition because there are some young guys that play shortstop in, in that farm system that can give him competition for that spot. Uh, Jimmy Pena, he, he is who we thought he was, right? Like, is anyone here surprised that he was as bad as he was last year? I know I wasn't. I, I mean, were, were any of you guys, did you guys expect better from Jeremy Pena? Nope, he just, he did really hot in the playoffs that one year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he was basically a mercy enter last year. Last year, he came in at 10 for us. Um, that speaks, that uh, we, speaks we, more to the position, bro. That, the fact that Jeremy that, Pena got to 10 is like, again, it, it, spe- it speaks more to the drop-off. And for, and for what it's worth, hey, yo, Anthony Volpe over Ali De, uh, De La Cruz, you feel me? But anyways... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I. I mean, I mean, I look, know. look. We're talking. We, we. I'm just saying. We're talking about guys that like, and 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 I think it's important to bring like O'Neill Cruz into this conversation too, sure, because sure, he sure. because he was injured last season, right? I'm picking O'Neill Cruz over Ellie De La Cruz. If if you give if you give me an option, but what I will say is that both O'Neill Cruz and Ellie De La Cruz have to show it. It cannot be a situation where we're just like, oh my God, look at these physical specimens, six, 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 seven shortstops. Wow, they're so and then and then you're out here with a 700 OPS and then it, it's nothing. Like it, cause then at that point, you're just you're an average to below average player. Like it's just like that, that's what you are. But then on the other side of things, right? If you look at some other players and what their projections potentially could be, if you look at an Anthony Volpe, if you look at a CJ Abrams, they project more as like Again, not saying that this is what their ceiling will be, but they're like a Bobby Witt Jr. light. In terms of what, what makes them successful as baseball players, if you focus on speed, if you focus on a, your little bit of power, look at Bobby Witt Jr. rookie season. It's essentially what Volpe and, and Abrams like could be if they if they let like, yo, if you're telling me these guys are going to be 20, 25 homers, 80 RBIs, 40, 50 stolen bases, Anthony Volpe could do that. If, he, if he's let to do that by the Yankees, if he's not a... Yo, you're gonna go out there like Nick said and hit home runs all the time, and I'm and that's not even me saying that. Oh, Anthony Volpe is gonna go out there and post an 800 something OPS. That's just me saying that Anthony Volpe could be a lot more successful than he has been. Same thing, same thing with C.J. Abrams. We just saw this season, this season from C.J. Abrams. He's a guy who's gonna be up there in the stolen base counts, who has that level of speed, who's a solid defender at that position, whose bat is getting better, and I and I think could potentially take another leap forward with his offense this this season. I mean. And again, it's just that he's out there on the Washington Nationals. So who's really out? Who's really paying attention to the Nationals at this moment in time? But it's it's guys that have that potential, man. Um, I'm saying right here, Nationals are my pick for the 2025 World Series. 
Damn. Boom. No, that's not true. That's not true. But I, I think they're going to be really good, though. Damn. Too far. I, 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 like, <laughs> I got to hold myself back on that. No, I think they're going to be really good uh, in the next couple of years. Um, yeah, man. Like, it's, it's just hard, dude. Like, we get so excited about some. Sometimes you see, like, the talent. Because, like, no one here is going to argue that Elliot Alec Cruz is a talentless player, right? Even Anthony Volpe. I don't think Anthony Volpe is, like, a bad player. I, I always say this. This is my caveat on Anthony Volpe is always, like, are they going to allow him to do what's going to make him great? Right? Like, my, again, my high end comp for him has always been Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve isn't a guy who we expect 30 home runs out of. Right? Jose Altuve gets on base. Jose Altuve, like, is a menace on the base. Right? He, he, he hit, makes contact. Like, I think that's a reasonable high end ceiling for someone like Volpe. But if you're telling me, like, they expect him to hit like 35 home runs, and that's how that's what we're gonna consider successful season from Volpe with a go glove. Like I'm good on that, yo. Like we we can do better, right? Like he's no Jackson Holiday, is all I'm saying. All right, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Anthony is not <laughs> a generational a generational prospect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. We we we, I, we we gotta get out of here, man. But um, what do we got left? We got third base, third base, um, starters, relievers. DH yeah. fifth, which will probably just be Shohei Otani, and that's it. Um, yeah, it was just one Shohei Otani episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like number one Otani. <laughs> After that, whoever a team decides to put at DH, I don't know. Otani, JD Martinez, end of list. Kyle Schwarber, <laughs> maybe Kyle Schwarber. by oh, default. <laughs> by default, <laughs> there's not that many, but yeah. Chris Hoskins, Ortiz, even though he missed his uh, gender reveal. <laughs> yo, e- yo, Edgar Martinez yo, would still was... be a top ten DH in the game today. That's all I'm saying, bro. Shit. He can he can only see out of one eye, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Alright, man. We will catch you guys next time.